Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Hey everybody, this is Tyler Bell and welcome to the West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club episode for, oh my god, what is it, November already? For November of 2019, um, of our most recent episode, Best Roses, Manassas, West Virginia, where I will be discussing that episode's recommendations, uh, which are Beloved by Toni Morrison and the film uh, Society, directed by Brian Yuzna. Um, before I before I hop into all that, I'll I'll talk with you guys for a little bit. Ignore the rustling of my notes. Oh man, it just got cold here. It just got cold here today, or not today? Uh, last week, and we have been <laughs> we've been doing everything. I I am just so I'm so busy right now, and I know I'm going to be even busier next year because season five is already uh, going to be a big thing, man. For all you longtime listeners out there, um, 
I know season four. Season four is the biggest season to date, and I think every season has really just been bigger than the the one before it. Uh, but I think season five is going to be the one that breaks the bank uh, <laughs> work wise. Uh, it might it might end, and I'll have to take like a few months to myself just to like reconnoiter after it's done because I'm pretty sure uh, even right now that it's going to be more than ten months long, and there's probably going to be more than two episodes or at least two episodes per month. So look forward to that. In addition to the uh, in addition to the horror and lit club episodes, which won't which won't stop. So uh, man. Dude, so I've been writing that, and uh, I'm already 80,000 words in, so there's that, and it's going to end up at least, probably at least 100, uh, or not 80,000, 70,000, 70,000 words in, and it's probably going to end up at around 140,000 total words uh, for the entire season, if not possibly a, a touch more, or maybe even a touch less, I'm, I'm kind of leaning to a touch more, considering how much of the story I've established, and uh, Man, I'm just I'm really excited for that for you guys. Uh I, I think you'll like it. I'm excited for the rest of this season still. Like, we have some fucking incredible stories coming. Like I, I can actually say I can actually say that I'm 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 excited about my own stories just because um they're impactful. I, th- I think I've really hit my stride as a writer uh in this last couple years just because I've been doing so so fucking much writing that it's uh like it's really um, like it, it, it's it's really become a part of me. I don't even know how to describe it. it. It is it is my job now. It is it's what I tell people I do when I talk to them. And I don't I don't make that much money. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not Stephen King uh, yet, or even one of his uh, <laughs> less less talented children. Um, but man. I am uh I'm I'm really in there. I'm really in there and I'm really in it. I can't thank you guys enough. I do that every episode, but hey man, uh I'm I'm just doing it again. I'm doing it again. And uh for those of you who don't know uh what a horror and lit club is because you're new to the podcast, this isn't one of the regular story episodes. Um I know some of the some of the stories I lead in, especially the mini sodes, uh I give you false lead ins and it turns into a, a story randomly. Uh don't don't worry about that with these. These are non-canon. I mean, I don't even really discuss the uh, the, the podcast itself. These are more, or well, these are literally discussions of the recommendations and just me kind of chattering and letting you guys get me letting you, letting you guys get to know me a little bit more as a person because I don't like the uh, I don't like the standoffish artistic types. I don't like the people that shroud themselves in mystery. Well, what do you think? What do you think the deeper meaning is? Because usually they're just full of shit. And if uh, if they they know if they start talking, uh, the the whole illusion will collapse down around them. But I I'm just me, I'm just a I'm I'm just a fucking scumbag blue collar kid from the fucking west side of Cincinnati, now living in the east side of Louisville, <laughs> moving on up. Uh, and you know I'm, I'm I've never not been that, and I never won't be that. So I, I would rather just uh, I would rather just be straightforward. I would I would hate I think I probably said this on a million things, but I would hate for for me to ever get like some semblance of success and for there to be like that moment where people are like well what we really want to do is we want to sell you as this kind of person and i'm like I, I just want to be me so i'm just getting that i'm taking that opportunity off the table for people and also creating a situation where you know I, I don't want anyone to i mean people still might it's not like everybody listens to the west side uh the whore and lit club but i don't want there to be a uh a period where where people 
like hear me talk for the first time on like some show or something and and they're like oh he's not he's not wise and enigmatic he's just a, 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 a some sort of foul-mouthed fucking sleazeball and i'll be like yes i am <laughs> proud of it i'm an infantry marine until the day i die i don't get to i don't get to walk away from that <laughs> i will i will forever be a machine gunner for best or for worst i'm an 0331 for life dog uh generally generally that's for worse <laughs> no, one, no one wants to be a machine gunner everyone gets machine guns foisted on them what did you want to do i wanted to be a rifleman i wanted to breach houses uh what are you gonna do you're gonna carry around 90 pounds of fucking <laughs> functionally speaking obsolete machine gun equipment for the entire time that you're that you're in uh your your training period and then when you deploy you're just going to be a rifleman anyway because we don't do machine gun based uh enveloped field of fire trench warfare anymore and no one would because there's fucking robots that fly around in the sky and drop bombs so it's completely it's a completely uh esoteric mos i'll talk about that for a second i, I like going on little diversions uh just because i like teaching people about stuff that's that's one of the fun things about being a writer is uh, you get to expose people to new uh, concepts and ideas. And I don't think a lot of people know that uh, about writing that are famous writers right now, which is why their fucking books are garbage. They they have nothing. They bring nothing. It's like, what is what is the what is the entirety of your writing? Like, oh, well, I, I think I know how to make a, a kind of an unnerving little situation there. And then uh, blah, 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 blah. I like to talk about myself. And... Uh, that's not what I like about writing. I like writing where you're like, okay, I read a book, but then also I like I learned all this shit. That's why I like uh, I like Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Creed games. I, I don't know, I haven't played in almost any of the new ones, uh, but Assassin's Creed Two is one of my favorite games ever because it helped me pass college ancient history classes <laughs> because I just fucking learned the whole time I was playing those games. I like they're like, oh yeah, the pyramid, the big fucking overly tall pyramid that's in uh, that's in Rome. I know all about that. Thank you. I can't remember it now, but I was like, at the time, I was playing through Assassin's Creed 2, and uh, and I, I fucking knew exactly what they were talking about, and then like all these other things, too. Uh, <laughs> I digress, but uh, yeah, machine guns. The machine gun MOS. And MOS is a military occupational specialty, and my occupational specialty, which is job. It's just your fucking job in the military. Um, they're they're number designated so that you can you don't have to say it all the way out. People just know what it is. Uh, and by people, I mean like officers and logistics people because I don't know any fucking other MOSs other than the infantry ones. And you know the first two letters O three. That's your uh, that's your like track designation. So O three means infantry. And then 31 is my actual job in the infantry. So I'm an infantry machine gunner, 0331. And 0311 is a rifleman. And 0321 is recon. Uh, 0341 was a mortarman. 0351 is an anti-tank missileman. Uh, and 0352 is an anti-tank guided missileman. And I think an 0361 is a sniper. Um, and actually, 61 and 21 are specialty, super specialty fields, and they have additional designations inside of them, I think. So, like, the 3-1 also just means that you're basic bitch machine gunner. So, like, 0331 means that you're a non-specialized specialty. <laughs> so, so there, there's, I, there's potentially, I guess, uh, 
are there supposed to be other ones? So like with the the assault men, uh, you have 0351 and 0352. But I think they actually got rid of the 0352 specialization anyway. But uh, I think, especially with recon and snipers, I think that they go deeper. So they have like 0322, 0323 for like random shit that they need. I think I think the, the snipers have like, special designations for certain types of I, I don't know any any fucking marine corps sniper that's gonna listen to this. i actually know one that might listen to this podcast he's like you're a fucking idiot stop talking out of pocket I'm like okay but no i i started in the marine corps as a machine gunner uh you know what it, it's okay for me to talk about this because it was literally veterans day two days ago and it was the marine corps birthday yeet, yeet, two days before that and uh, man, it's just a, it's a time of the year where I think about the military more than I normally do, which is almost all the time anyway. Uh, what with the, with, with the, the lingering wonders of PTSD, you too can dream about fucking up things that, uh, already passed successfully in your life 10 to 15 years ago as well. Um, which is pretty much what my day to day is like, or well, actually, yeah, a lot of my nights I have, I have nightmares where I've just lost my rifle and I wake up in a fucking cold sweat, like literally like my balls fucking shrank all the way up into my stomach. Fucking nightmare. Literally. Um, but you know, I was an O three thirty one, which is a machine gunner, which is a kind of a oddly obsolete MOS, but also not at all. Uh, so it's the only MOS, it, the, the, after 0311, 0311 is basically everybody has to do 0311 training, which is rifleman training uh, to some degree, even the, the, the pogues do. But then the, the riflemen kind of go extra hard in their own thing. They get really, really good at breaching houses and stuff like that. But uh, if you're any of the other specializations, except for recon, not technically, uh, you have to become extraordinarily proficient in certain weapons you're 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 literally get put into weapons platoons so the sniper rifle people get really really good at different sniper rifles so they can use the m40 really good they can use the sasser the barrett sasser really good they can use the this this that and the other fucking all these these drms and they can use all the spotting equipment for machine gunners you can use all the machine guns so i i know how to shoot every infantry grade machine gun in the United States Marine Corps. I could probably, dude, honestly, I, I was just hazed so badly. I can probably still take them apart and put them back together. Uh, even now, even the M50 cap, the M250 caliber machine gun, the maw fucking deuce, dude, that thing has like legitimately, I think it's 65 different parts inside the bolt alone. And in like, or, or in total, it's probably more like 20 or something, but it just seems like so much like tiny little wrench shaped pieces. If you put them in backwards, the gun won't work at all, but I digress. The, the, the good thing about the machine gun MOS is they still teach you how to, and I mean, shit might've changed. It's been fucking almost 15 years now, but they teach you how to, uh, employ the weapons and stuff. And, how to take them apart, how to clean them, and to the point where you're kind of invaluable in certain situations because people still get 240s, M240 Golf Medium Machine Guns, or M240 Bravos, whichever kind of deal you're using. They still get those to put them on top of vehicles. In addition to if you're in a weapons company, much heavier ordnance like the, uh, the M250 Cal or my personal favorite, the Mark 19 fucking heavy grenade launcher, which is just it, literally... Uh, it's, it's, it's akin to a sort of like, it, it's almost sexual how fucking powerful that gun is. <laughs> it's a machine gun that shoots grenades. Like, I don't even know how to explain that. It is the funnest 
fucking thing to shoot and uh, the most dangerous of the weapons that uh, the machine gunners can use because the grenades can just get stuck in the barrel and explode. It's called it's called a uh, stove piping or banana peeling. You literally blow up, blow the end of it open like a fucking cartoon. It looks it looks like a fucking old Looney Tunes cartoon where they blow the end of a gun up. And I digress and it, just ignore my 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 perverse attraction to heavy weapons. It's a it's a a, a lingering ailment for my time in the Marines. Uh, but a lot of the employment of the weapons uh, is kind of old school. It, it, things might have changed, but I was I was in the heart of the Iraq War. Uh, I went in in 2005. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I thought I was overselling 15 years, and I was, but only by a year. Uh, I went in in, yeah, 2005. I graduated. By by that time, a year later, I was I was already on my first deployment. So in that time, you know, I I, I graduated boot camp, and then I graduated the two ish, I think month. I think I, I think SOI is two months, two or three month SOI course, uh, and that's School of Infantry. And then went to uh, went to my 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 unit, Second Battalion, Eighth Marines, and then I fucking I did gangster shit from there with some of the most like legitimately hardcore motherfuckers on the planet Earth. Uh. But when we when we were teaching, they were teaching us how to employ the weapons. We were like learning trench warfare shit. So it's like you know, like hey, run up here on a berm and and shoot from like this area and lay down suppressive fire so that people can approach an objective. And that's like not even what you do most of the time, uh, almost ever. I mean, it's 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 a a functional and a valid tactic, but it's like, dude, I went on three fucking deployments. And we never used it once. Uh, because you can't really do it against non-conventional forces because you can't just lay down a field of fire into a city. You can, you can, but you're going to end up on the CNN uh, and Hillary Clinton's going to call you a monster. She's the real monster. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, she, she gets fucking, that, that lady gets, that lady gets more bloodlust excited for a fucking kill than almost anyone I ever met in the Marine Corps. You should look up the video of her talking about killing Gaddafi. Dude, she gets fucking, she goes in. She's really excited when they got him. Uh, I digress. So that, that was just a, that was just a weird thing. And now, now you guys know a little bit more about it, but when we, when we use the guns, most of the time it's all, uh, it's all top of the car patrol based. So like you put your, you put your medium machine gun up on top of a, on top of a Humvee or a fucking two-ton, seven-ton MRAP, Cougar, or whatever the fuck they're calling them right now. I can't remember the goddamn different things, but uh, a million different trucks. Every single one of them has basically the same fucking uh, turret assembly uh, with minor differences, but the things go in the same. And then you're just half the time teaching a bunch of fucking idiots how to, and by idiots, I mean infantry, riflemen, which, crayon eaters close to my heart crayon eaters uh teaching them how to use weapons that are legitimately above their fucking intellectual pay grade half the time <laughs> i don't know what it is but dude you get you get dudes that are so confident that they seem like they're smart as shit and then you have to like ask them to do some basic stuff and you're like fuck dude is your fuck is was your, what fucking asvab score did you get to get in the military and you legitimately cannot comprehend how to fucking lift a feed tray on a 240, it's the same as the saw. Like, don't make fun of me. My teeth are full of crayons. I can't think with you yelling at me. Dude, we talk by yelling. What the fuck are you talking about? 
I digress. There's a lot of there's a lot of really smart riflemen out there. Intellect and placement in the Marine Corps just makes no fucking sense because as stupid as some of the fucking as dumb as some of the guys I was in the fucking infantry with, I swear to God, man, you'll run into people in S one, S two shops that are fucking unreal. That's like logistics and intel. S one is intel. Intel people are a fucking dice roll. That's why half the time you find out somebody was like, somebody was crazy and they became a serial killer after the military. Oh, let me guess. Not infantry. They were in fucking intel. And they're like, yes, they were in intel. Like, you sociopaths fucking love each other. I, I don't know what it is, but that, that whole area, they just attract the fucking biggest collection of mental deficients. It is mind-blowing. I digress. So uh, with that, with that little bit of military history out of the way, and you know it's it, it, it's Veterans Day. Basically, I'm recording it two days after. It's going to come out less than a week after uh, Veterans Day. But um, as a final caveat to that, before I hop into the reviews, um, let me just say uh, thank you, everybody, every every veteran that's out there, uh, and you you served uh, honorably. Thanks, man. Uh, anybody that served dishonorably, eat shit fucking idiot what the fuck how did you fuck that up (laughs) dishonorable dude it is so hard to get a dishonorable discharge it's literally like it's it's basically fucking you have to almost murder or like like rape somebody or be caught like hardcore drug peddling to get a dishonorable discharge it's not as cool as in the movies uh where you like punch an officer in the face how'd you get a dishonorable discharge my officer said Punch this, shoot these fucking civilians. So I punched him in the face. Never happens. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen officers get fucking punched in the face by Marines for fucking up in combat. Hardcore, a, a fucking, a swift thrust to your jaw off the wrist launcher. Flat out, bro. And uh, they, were, they were taken up on NJP that was dismissed because the colonel found out and was like, are you fucking serious, Lieutenant? You're lucky he hit you because you'd all be dead instead. You fucking moron. All that happens is you get fucking delayed for picking up rank. Like, oh, I'm not going to make corporal in my four years in the fucking infantry. Oh, what now? <laughs> as though I was ever going to pick up with these fucking MOS grades in the first place. Eat shit. I'll take it on the chin. Now, m- most of the time, people get a dishonorable discharge. They are fuck ups, dude. I know guys that got kicked out. Kicked the fuck out of the military, spent the entire time, the rest of the time, they're in, in the brig. They spent their entire time in the brig, plus like an, an additional amount of time because they committed a war crime of sorts. And they still got a fucking like ad seg medical discharge, which after a while can become like close to, but not quite an honorable discharge. Your boy, Tyler Bell, host, creator. Uh, and and sometime guitarist for the West Side Fairy Tales, honorable discharge, straight up, still got NJP'd at least twice while I was in the Marines. Still got out with my good conduct award, though. So, blah, blah. <laughs> for real, anybody, anybody that was in the military, thanks a bunch for your service. Thanks for your support. Uh, especially, I'm, I get a lot of stuff. I get a lot of letters from guys that were in the military uh, that are just happy to see a vet doing it. Because I'm not going to lie, it, it doesn't seem like you can. There's tons of veterans that end up in you know, creative fields and stuff, but it's not, it's not a place where you feel like you have a lot of individual value. 
when you get out. <laughs> that a lot of people get out of the military feeling really good about themselves, even if they say a lot of like pro self confident things. It's a it's a real mind fuck uh, being in the military and then getting out of it and being like, you know, I can do something on my own because I can create things. It doesn't always quite work like that. But, uh, you know, if, you, if you're out there and you're a veteran and you're thinking about trying to make something, if you want to write stories about, if you even just want to try to tell the story of your own time while you were in, go for it, dude. Just fucking go for it. Don't, don't let yourself get hung up on, you know, like, oh, man, the guys found out I was trying to be creative and shit like this. They would make fun of me. Do you remember that one time you told a joke and it didn't go over well in the cafeteria and that shit just fucking like lays on your heart, the mess hall? Uh, don't, 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 don't let yourself get hung up. Go ahead and try to make some shit. Go ahead, learn how to draw, learn how to fucking type and, and, and then just stick with it and make some stuff. And, you know, we're out there for you. And honestly, not a lot of people say this, but because it's not as important, but I still think it's an important thing to say to all the people who support military people out there, especially sons, daughters, wives, mothers, husbands, and fathers, like Y'all motherfuckers are the glue, really, that holds the military together. Um, the military is its own sort of family, but it's so fucking, it's so, it's so fucked up and defunct and incestuous that no one, no one should ever claim it, <laughs> unless you're an infantry machine gunner. Best brotherhood on earth. Fuck the police. Goddamn infantry, <laughs> the most savage of cats. But uh, no, for real. Like, um, if you're out there and you've got people serving and you know you stick by them. It sucks waiting for people to come home. It especially sucks knowing uh, if you're if you're you know an infantry wife uh, or an infantry mom or dad, like waiting for people to come home. Especially like when I was out there, I wasn't out there oh six, oh seven, and oh nine, and oh eight, but not all of it. <laughs> like uh, just twenty months total. Um, when uh. Yeah, when I was out there, I know it was it was hell on my mom and dad. And every time they turn on the news, they were like, "Wait to see my picture," because the news the news finds out shit way before the fucking military can get out there. And I know it's a fucking it's a nightmare. There's still people out there fucking scrapping in Afghanistan and in Iraq and shit today. So hey, from the West Side Fairy Tales family out to yours, like stay strong, be be some badass blue star people, and uh, and keep supporting your vets. On that note, into our uh, into our first story, which is even more darker than the the mildly dark stuff I was just talking about. So the literature recommendation for uh, this month is "Beloved" by Toni Morrison, um, which was written in uh, well, not written but published in 1987. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to go into I'm going to tell you a little bit about Toni Morrison because she's a really incredible person. She unfortunately died uh, in August of this year. She died on August 5th in New York City. Um, she was born in Lorraine, Ohio, uh, February 18th, 1931. So when you, when you, we kind of get into the uh, context of the stories we're going to be telling, th- these are stories that she was probably she she not even probably she most certainly grew up hearing from people. Um, because it, it it's it's weird to think you know you think of 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 America in these little chunks in these time periods, and the people that were most notable in those time periods. But you do kind of forget that there, there is there's transitory transition times, and you know the nineteen everybody from the nineteen eighties doesn't die because the fucking nineteen nineties roll out, and it's very much the same. Uh, if you if you were born in nineteen thirty one, you very you very certainly grew up knowing people 
that were former slaves, even if they were old. Um, and more like more than likely, if you're if you were a black American, you you were um, directly one or two generations at best, you know, separated from from out and out full on uh, ankle chain slavery, which is uh, to this day in a in a list of the atrocities that my country has committed, I would say really close to the top, if not the top spot. Uh, the only other people that could kind of knock you for it would be the Native Americans, and I don't, I don't think they're really in a pissing contest with, uh, with, with, with Black America over who got fucked harder by the white man. Uh, but yeah, we, we, it was real bad. It was real bad on both sides, uh, all, all sides. Yeah, don't even really know how to how to how, how to hop into this. But Tony Tony Morrison, um, she came from that. Uh, or, or, you know, even if not quite, quite from so close as to be indiscernible. And, uh, Lorraine, Ohio is, I, I'm pretty sure pretty close to Cincinnati, if not like one of those like suburbs, it's technically Cincinnati. I don't know it personally, but most of, uh, beloved, the novel that we're going to be talking to takes place in Cincy and, and Cincinnati is a, is an odd city, uh, with a, with a strange, strange racial heritage and relationship to, to, to race and racism and uh, slavery that that is it's literally it, it it's a, a bad taste in your mouth but not an absolutely broken heart is the way I kind of think of my my hometown I'm I was born and raised in Cincinnati by the way I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier in the podcast but I'm from the west side of Cincinnati so I'm I am a Cincinnati person I was I was born in I think in Price Hill I uh, was baptized in Price Hill, fucking Holy Family Church, Catholic, um, and I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Green Township. I went to St. Jude. Then I went to Bridgetown after the Catholics wouldn't have me anymore, and I eventually graduated from high school at Oak Hill. So, anyone that's from the city is like, "Oh shit, okay." The pedigree, the pedigree is in place. Yeah. So, working class Cincinnati background. That's me. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. 
you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and it's time to pamper the special moms in your life. In what better way than with Osea's limited edition skincare sets, featuring clean, vegan, cruelty-free products that are safe for your skin and the planet. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been making seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. This Mother's Day, Osea has two limited edition sets, perfect for gifting or keeping for yourself. Their Golden Glow Body Set includes three clinically proven bestsellers for silky, smooth, glowing skin, while the Glow and Go Facial Set has everything she needs to achieve spa-level results at home. They're so beautiful, you can skip the wrapping. For a limited time, you can save up to $48 on Osea's sets, plus get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. Pamper the moms in your life and get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code MOM. Uh, <laughs> hilariously, hilariously upper class to some people I knew. Hilariously lower class to other people. A true, a true middle class, uh, fucking blue collar person and family that I was. Uh, but Toni Morrison is, is is from from basically from my my town, and uh, she has a completely different perspective on on the city than I would have ever ever had. Uh, if you don't know, Cincinnati was basically one of the biggest last stops on the on the Underground Railroad, to the point where uh, it's it's a, a crucial thing to this telling, but also to a lot of other other stories. Uh, there's you know the the actual finish line for getting out of uh, antebellum South, the antebellum no no it would be the Pre pre antebellum means after war. So the pake pake bellum. I can't remember my Latin. I'm sorry, but the before the war South pre war pre war uh, full slavery no emancipation proclamation South was the Ohio River into Cincinnati, and um, there were a lot of people in Cincinnati that would uh, that would that would take care of uh, slaves, and basically still even even when you got across the river like. The best part about that was the the states did not have an active, or from what I understand, did not have like very much of an active like we're going to look for slave things. That, and, and people would just ignore you. They'd be like, okay, all right, go ahead. I don't, I don't care. As opposed to the South, where people would be like, that's that's human property, which just <laughs> like ugh ugh. Just even saying it's so fucking gross. But like, you know, once you got to the other side, it, it wasn't you know fucking sunshine and roses but it was so much better than the other side of the fucking river that it kind of hard to even like describe and and honestly like a lot of beloved is about that but um just to get just to finish my my tony morrison minor terrible biography uh, she was born in Lorain, Ohio. Um, she was awarded the Pulitzer in 1988 for Beloved and the Nobel Prize in Literature in 1993. Uh, and she's the first black woman um, ever, period, the first black woman ever, period, to win a Nobel Prize, uh, which is fucking amazing. She was also the first black female editor at Random House. 
And in May 2012, President Barack Obama, the first uh, black president, awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest, I believe, the highest civilian award um, that you can be given in the United States and by far the most prestigious. I believe it takes an act of Congress to get it. It's very similar to like the Medal of Honor. Um, and for you, uh, for you Canadians and uh, Australians and, and Brits out there, it would be similar to 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 your uh, OBEs and knightings. Uh, there, there's no there's no title that goes along with it. Americans find titles hilariously disgusting. Uh, <laughs> I actually do it to the point where even if you even if you're a fucking like a tenured like a full time thirty year lawyer, if you call yourself whatever Esquire, like people like. <laughs> gross uh and even our even our newspapers don't call people doctor uh unless they're actually a medical doctor uh which 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 infuriates people with doctorates but honestly it's it's for the best because your doctorate means literally nothing to the lay people so why why do i why do i care if you have a doctorate in chemistry uh i don't want anyone running to your house in the middle of a fucking emergency trying to get some staples done because they think that you're a real doctor (laughs) like a medical doctor any anyone that's in academia right now is just like <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh but it, I mean that's not even that's not a, the entirety of of Tony Morrison's uh, uh like history. Please look her up. She's a very fascinating woman and I I can't even say like five words without going off on a tangent. If I if I tried to do Toni Morrison's biography on here, in addition to talking about the the novel that she's most well known for, I'll never get to I'll never get to the second recommendation of the day. <laughs> so, uh, beloved, beloved was published in 1987, and it's based on the story of a real woman named Margaret Garner, who has probably one of the most tragic but like unfortunately common sort of stories, but she, she did stand out. She, uh, she ran across the, uh, Cincinnati, the to the Cincinnati side of the Ohio river during winter when the river was frozen over, which is a, a pretty common thing, uh, for people to do back then. The, you, you don't want to try to swim across the Cincinnati river. It's extremely broad and fairly busy, um, in the, uh, in the, the, the summer months and stuff. So you're, you're very likely to get spotted and caught even at, even at night, they've got, they've got night barges and stuff going over and people would go over by, by, uh, by boat and stuff. You know, it's, it's not like they would stop trying to run away from it, but the best time to go would be in the winter when it was frozen over uh, because then you had a straight shot to run across. And because if the current was especially strong, the current on the Ohio river leads straight back down into the uh into the south into the mississippi river so um if you miss your shot and you and you float too far past the city which is at the very very corner um you're, you're going to end up getting backtracked extremely fast like you, it, 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 the, the 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 river flows pretty quickly i digress um margaret garner fled um she was this was in 1856 she escaped cincinnati and she was famous for killing her child. Um, she murdered her own infant daughter, I believe, with a butcher knife rather than let her be taken back into slavery when slave catchers, which was still legal under federal law, 
uh, came up north of the river to bring back, um, bring her back to uh, the man who said he owned her. Uh, I don't like to, I don't, I don't, I know, I know the, 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 the proper nomenclature, I guess you would say to use in this, but like, I, I, I don't want to ever fucking call someone else, someone else's master. It's so fucking gross. It, with, with the, the notable exception of, of my, my, my friendly freaks in the BDSM community, uh, no one, no one should ever be subjected to that sort of, even in memory. I don't, I don't like using it. So the man that said he owned her, uh, sent, I, I believe, I think a federal marshals, uh, accompanied these people, uh, and they, they hunted her down north of the Ohio river and found her. And rather than let her kid who she knew would be taken back, uh, this is still what, eight years before the, the, the civil war and the emancipation proclamation and, and, and any surety that there would be, uh, truly free black women in America, black women and men in America. Um, she, she could only operate off of the assumption that her daughter would be taken back. Her daughter, uh, was what you would, what they called at the time mulatto. She was mixed. Um, and 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 mixed because very obviously uh margaret had been raped by uh her plantation owner piece of shit in fucking uh down in kentucky um and actually i think he lived in the louisville area where i live now so that's the uh, that's the nature of the two cities i've really called home in my life um and not far, you know, it's an hour and a half drive, but I mean, that walk was probably something in the line of you know, a couple weeks, at least, uh, if not months, depending on the, 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 the terrain and the, the heat in the area. So to say, uh, the, the search heat, not the physical heat of the air. Ugh, so it's, it's so exhausting. Um, but I shall persevere. So she, uh, she killed her kid cause she knew her kid very much like her would be sold into slavery. Um, and as happened to women in that situation, she would probably be forcibly uh, raped by other men, um, other black men who weren't necessarily willing to do this. They would they would be forced to at like like farm animals. They would be forced to stud uh, new children. They would be forced to have kids to uh, be sold into slavery. And uh, you know that that it's uh, like. I don't even, I don't even, and I'm, I'm going to try not to like uh, sermonize and shit during this. It, there is no part of my brain that will allow me to say like, it was just the, the nature of the day that these things happen. It, it is impossible, impossible to me. Having met people from different cultures, having had to be cruel, essentially, uh, in my capacity as an infantryman to people who did not speak my language and who could not communicate with me that anyone would still be able to convince themselves that what they were doing was not inherently fucking evil. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it, it's fucking, it's fucking madness. Like <laughs> there is, there is no, they're just slaves. Blah, 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 blah. Like dude, you knew what you were doing. You knew what you were fucking doing. Honestly, being a guy from Ohio, I think my one thing, my one feel about the South during the Civil War was that Sherman didn't go hard enough. I, 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 I hear people that have complained about like William Tecumseh Sherman marching down South and burning everything he fucking saw. Maybe I don't know enough about it, but if I could have burnt 
plantations and cities built on slavery to the fucking ground, I wouldn't have stopped at Atlanta. I would have just kept going until I ran out of cities. And that's how I feel about that. Back to the story. <laughs> sorry. Sorry if you're from the South, but that's, that, that's, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I stand behind that hundred percent. I lived in Virginia. You think you know about racism, hearing it and stuff and like institutional racism and shit until I lived in fucking Virginia and I saw memorials to the Confederate dead bigger than fucking churches and like black people having to fucking like just live near that shit. <laughs> like, fuck, bro. Like, you remember when we almost kept you down? <laughs> That's that's the rock we give to our dead. We're not even going to build you a fucking school, but we will spend $100,000 on marble to build a gigantic fucking obelisk to dead Confederate soldiers. Like, literally suck my fucking dick, dude. Eat shit. I digress for the fifth time. Um, no one needs me to be mad about this. Everyone else can be mad about it. Uh, so, yeah. So... Margaret Garner was uh, found. She was arrested and she was sent back to Kentucky. Um, and the, the Ohio authorities actually did a lot. They, they were, there was a, uh, one of her, the prosecutor actually in um, Cincinnati wanted to charge her with murder. Uh, knowing, knowing full well, the extent of the crime. And, and, and honestly, I, I think, uh, I think even on the record saying like they, they understood why she did it, why she would kill a child instead of letting a child live in the fucking horrors of the, of the slavery South and literally why he wanted to charge her uh, for murder was because he wanted to charge her for murder as a person, as opposed to how she would be charged under traditional federal law, which is as a piece of property. So there's that. And uh, if he was able to charge her and convict her for murder, A, she would go to jail in Cincinnati and not have to go back to slavery in the South, which is, I, I can't even imagine how that is the better of the two situations, but it very clearly is, uh, given what she would be subjected to. Um, I think she might have still been within inside her childbearing years uh, and abilities, so you know, she would have gone right back. They, they would have put her right back to what they were doing to her beforehand. Um, and if he would have successfully prosecuted and, uh, and charged her with murder, it could have set up, uh, a, an argument in the Supreme court ahead of emancipation proclamation to establish the legal identity of black Americans as people Instead of chattel, which is like, ugh. Sorry, I'm getting like pissed here. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue on. So she was actually, and this is the real person. This is the real person. Before we even get into the uh, the story, she was sent back to uh, Kentucky and to avoid the authorities because the the Cincinnati or the the Hamilton County would have been the Hamilton County Sheriff's office would have was charged with uh going down south and arresting her because a warrant was she was returned to kentucky uh but while they were processing the warrant she got to she was sent back down to louisville um 
and the sheriffs were charged with issuing the warrant, but they could not find her because the slave master, piece of shit, fucking kept moving her around uh, so that they couldn't find her, arrest her, quote unquote, and then bring her back to Cincinnati. And eventually he sold her to his brother in Arkansas who sold her to a uh, some sort of plantation home, I think, in New Orleans where she eventually she eventually died in 1958 of typhoid fever. Um, if you don't know what typhus is, it is like one of the worst fucking diseases you can get. Uh, and it, it's literally a, a disease that kills like the poor and filthy. Like it, it comes from, uh, it literally gets into houses from what I understand. Uh, one of my favorite books, or literally my favorite book, uh, Voices of Glory, which I'll, I'll eventually recommend and, and talk about at length, but I get all weepy when I think about it. Uh, one of the, the, the woman is uh, very concerned with health uh, in it. The, basically the main character, and she, she talks at length about typhus. And uh, If there's a house where people are getting typhus, you literally have to demolish it and... Um, open sewage pits and stuff is how you get it and it, it it will destroy a fucking community and there was an outbreak where she was um where margaret garner was and it, it killed her um her husband everything that's known about margaret after uh after she was taken out of cincinnati is actually known by her or was told to uh, a cincinnati paper that no longer exists i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head but her husband uh, slave husband robert garner um, was uh, they, they, they tracked him down and asked about it and apparently her last words to him were that he should never marry again in slavery but to live in hope of freedom so that you know I mean I, I don't really know what else to say on top of that but uh, that's, that's the real story of the, the woman behind uh, the main character Seth Setha I, I'm not going to be able to say it right. I think it's actually pronounced. It's it's spelled S E T H E, and I think it's pronounced Setha, Setha, like Setha, like that. But I can't. If I don't focus on it, I can't do it right. So I'm probably going to call her Seth. Uh, and honestly, when I read the book, I call it Setha. So it it it's just don't. I'm not trying to diss the character. I literally won't remember to say it the right way uh, because my brain isn't very good with that sort of thing. So, um, beloved concerns, um, and, and, and a, a stand in for the Margaret Garner, uh, real person, her name's Setha. And she, uh, is a slave on a plantation called sweet home. Um, in, in Kentucky, I think it might've been in Lexington, but I can't remember correctly. Uh, but it was a Kentucky plantation. Um, and you can drive through the same areas today. They are, they are not gone. You can sometimes see the same old plantation houses. They have farms where they have horses now and stuff, but it's, it's good old sun shines bright on my old Kentucky home. You know, <laughs> that, that fucking song sounds just so racist, even if it's not. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, but she's, she's from a, uh, a plantation in in Kentucky. And, um, it is a plantation notable because the, uh, as you find out over the course of time, the original owner, um, who's still a fucking slave owner (laughs) is a good slave owner. Uh, 
and that he treats slaves like men. He treats the the male slaves like men. He doesn't call them boy. Uh, he asks them their their opinions on things. He allows them the the run of the farm in general. But they can't ever leave. They can't ever walk out off of the property because if they do, uh, you know, people talk and it, it's the South. So they'll just they'll just hang them. They'll, they'll fucking lynch people because the slave talked too funny and shit. Because honestly, at this point, even um, all these fucking slave masters and owners and shit knew uh, what they were doing was instinctually wrong. And that um, if they didn't continually campaign, c- create a continuous campaign of fear against people, that they would be uh, mutilated emasculated emasculation was a thing if you don't understand what i mean by that uh, literally gelding men uh cutting off their testicles or their testicles and their penis uh wholesale depending on how badly you wanted to punish them uh which is nightmarish you know what i'm saying uh, that that would happen just because you're you know you were talking out of turn and 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 worse you use your imagination. It's one of those things where these these medieval torture things came back. That it's unthinkable to do it to any misbehaving animal. I, I would not. I don't like you. You kind of have to do it. You have to put dogs in like you know choker collars, like larger dogs, just because their their neck is literally so thick they can't feel it. And even that makes me feel bad. And I would rather just have my dog really well behaved to my commands. Uh, And that makes me feel bad, much less like any of the shit they just did to people. It makes no fucking sense. It like there is no part of my mind where it's like, yeah, this is (laughs) I understand how you got here. It's the evil is so fundamental and it's, you know, you have to get inside the minds of these people and literally just start doing mental gymnastics over mental gymnastics to like get behind where they went to. But on sweet home, you know, the, the guy, he, the, the guy that runs it, he, he says, I, I treat my, my, my boys like men, something like something stupid like that. But eventually sweet home, uh, is taken over by that man's, uh, brother-in-law after his untimely death. He has a stroke, I believe, and it kills him. His wife, who is also a very nice and understanding woman, uh, despite being a fucking slave owner, um, kind of just gets sick and collapses on herself uh, spiritually while her brother takes over the farm and uh, just flips the dial to a full 10 out of 10 misery fest for all the black people that are living there against their will. Um, and this is all told out of order. You, you, there's, there's about four or five different stories going on the entire time and they're all sort of told out of order and woven amongst each other the the book itself is very short i read it over two days uh in like two three or four hour sessions and 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 got the entirety of it out actually i read over three days um but it's a really really trippy novel uh and it's just it's 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 probably the best way to 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 experience all this stuff because she packs so much information um into these pages uh and and you you get a lot to learn about all these characters there's also paul d um who is her eventual boyfriend sort of man in her life uh later after she if setha escapes from uh, slavery. She she runs away off the plantation. They all do at the same time. Uh, one of their one of their number doesn't make it. A guy named Sixo, uh, who 
um, is caught, his feet are burned, um, and he's eventually shot because he realizes that the slave runners, uh, the woman that he was in love with, who was pregnant with his child, got away. And it's not Setha, it's, it's a different woman entirely. And he starts singing the kid's name and laughing because he knows that kid isn't going to be caught by these men, which is like, an, it's an incredibly powerful, if, if short scene. Um, and, uh, from there they, they go to the other side of the river. Uh, Paul D is caught shortly after this. Um, I think he, 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 he kind of just bums around through, uh, most of America, which, which kind of highlights the, like, if you don't understand things about slavery, especially if you come from, you know, honestly, if you don't understand things about institutionalization, which is really one of the larger themes in this, although no one's really talked about it because, you know, it's slavery kind of obviously overshadows it, but it is very much the, the, the institutionalized mindset, which I, I understand from being in the military. You, you get out, and once the structure, no matter how painful the structure was, the structure can take you apart so that it's the only thing that's holding you up. And once it's gone, you actually end up missing it to, to a certain degree in an ugly way because it was at least, you know, something that could, that could keep you together, even though it's, it's what really broke you. Um, and even though, even if you're trying to flee that thing, you'll find other things that are similar to it. You know what I mean? And, and, and slip back into that role because you've been, you've been broken as a person into, into believing that existence is the one that you're supposed to, to live, which is one of the more overarching themes of the book. And in, in my mind, at least, but, uh, Paul D runs away and he ends up, uh, talking to some Cherokee folk and they, they point him on the right direction to get North. He actually, he never knows if he's, if he's made it, uh, North until he finally arrives at what they consider the North, which is where the, where a certain blooming flower, you stop seeing it and he gets all the way to fucking Vermont. <laughs> because you know it, it it's kind of a, a nod to the fact that what what's what's north and south don't doesn't necessarily conform to the borders that you know uh the americans established after they they took over the united states land mass Ugh, there's so much ugliness in this book but um he he ends up on a chain gang, which is like legitimately one of the most nightmarish scenes in the book. They like live in a hole, and one day they they all escape basically because it's either do or die because the hole starts fucking flooding, and they basically push their ways out and they they all run for it, and um, ultimately they all come to live in this house north of the Ohio River, uh, where Baby Shug, Baby Sugar, who is. That's what the woman's called. She's an old woman, but that's that's what they they call her because that's what her, her sort of name was um, to the other slaves. And she had a, a, a quote unquote real name that was on her slave papers. And she she's like, "That's not my fucking name. I, I, my name is the name that I'm called. Stop trying to give me new names. That ain't my shit. You know what I'm saying?" So, uh, and then the the main events of the story happen, and um, Setha is uh, confronted basically by the uh, the um, the slave catchers and the federal marshal and she kills her kid she dashes she slits one of them throat and tries to bash the other one's brains in against the wall uh, but only manages to kill the one and so in, in that act of murder uh, their house which is I think called I-91 uh, I think it's the name of the house I think it's just its address um, it comes to be haunted by the spirit of that that little dead girl 
and it bothers her her other daughter who's uh trying to grow up and and from there you get into the real crux of the story which i'm not going to go into 100 percent, but i I did want to lay out all of that uh sort of preamble to the main story um just to talk about a little bit of of the, the thematic things that i really like about it and and one of the most important ones um i think and especially looking um looking at what what Toni Morrison herself said about it is that uh cuz there's there's two more books in this it, it it's very much like uh Dante's Inferno where there's one book that everyone knows and it's by far the the ugliest of them and then there's two other books in the the quote unquote beloved trilogy which I have not read much like uh Dante's Inferno I have not read the Paradiso or the the Purgatorio so and maybe one day he says knowing that day will never come with those two, at least I might read the rest of Tony Morrison stuff. Uh, but it's, you know, Seth is haunted by this ghost, which is, uh, a, 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 the best kind of ghost, which is a, a, maybe it's there, maybe it's not. And it's kind of haunting everybody. It, it, it's very, very directly described as being uh, a physical thing that is it, at, at times both repulsing and enticing to members of the house for different reasons. Her daughter likes the, the, ghost beloved because she wants a sister and she wants companionship because her mother is often very distant uh people think that she's uppity um is what they call it like she's got she puts on airs and stuff um and she's sort of aloof and you know like kind of a, she's got a holier than thou thing when in, when in fact she's actually just very very depressed and uh anxiety riddled and suffering from i extraordinarily bad ptsd symptoms in all honesty and um and, and a lot of a lot of survivor's guilt and, and and guilt in general uh for for various things that she's done or had to do or if had done to her um and you know so she's she's an a low aloof lonely lonely person because of this and it, it, it's very sad um it, it's even more sad because i understand that character i mean obviously I can't quite wear her shoes, but I've had them on my feet um, after a fashion. You know, I've, 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 I've had, I've had survivors guilt. Still have survivors guilt to this day. It's fucking, it's a fucking nightmare. I've had, I have, I've, I've like, I've had the the fortunate, you know, the fortune for myself to to have been able to talk to people um, that understand these things uh, and understand the power of forgiving. Um, not even necessarily other people, but especially yourself for things, uh, and especially for for things that that you don't have any control over. Sorry, I thought I heard a very odd noise. Uh, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But um, oh, I think it was my my phone was vibrating against my. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ! That scared the fuck out of me. Um. Ruining the seriousness of the conversation, but um, yeah. So so that's why she's kind of isolated from other people, and she's got terrible, terrible scars on her back and uh, uh, inside of her as well. That you know the scars on her back are a tree, they say, and you know it's got its roots are deep, deep inside of her, like beneath the flesh. And and she feels ugly for the things that have been done to her, and for the things that she's she's done to survive. Um, in the immediate uh, aftermath of the first phase of their escape attempt, which fails, she's caught by two of the men who work for a school teacher, who's the guy that takes over the 
uh, Sweet Home Plantation after the death of his brother-in-law. And they hold her down, rape her, and uh, steal her her breast milk. She's a pregnant woman. They 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 literally they literally steal her breast milk from her, uh, which I can't even. Like, what do you say? What the fuck do you say to that? Uh, and it's 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 an extraordinarily powerful image. It, it's 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 horrifying. It's disgusting. But you don't get to. I say very much, I say this, uh, especially anybody that's, that's listened to Monstro, which I wrote, I, I don't, I don't believe it's okay for me to, to blink or look away or grimace in that instance. Uh, because you know what we have to, we have to fucking, we have to share and carry that burden because it did happen. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you can't make that person feel better by, by ignoring it, which is, which is very much what, what kind of happens to her in this and that is that is where beloved is um and 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 she has interactions with other characters and stuff and i'll I'll leave that to you if you if you haven't read the book or if you have because i could i could fucking go on about this all day And, and and speaking of going on about this all day uh this is one of the very first oprah's book club books um and by far i think the biggest of the oprah's book club successes to the point where i think oprah herself she had tony morrison on her show if you guys don't know who oprah is man (laughs) i i just realized that recently that people might not know who oprah winfrey is anymore other than like a kind of a name but like she was one of the most powerful people on earth uh in the entertainment industry for a while she she was a fucking kingmaker uh using just the, the most strict sense of the term um or the least strict sense of the term i don't know i I digress but she uh she she was on record as saying there wouldn't really have been an oprah's book club if she hadn't been able to recommend if it wasn't she i think she literally said if it wasn't for uh tony morrison's wonderful love of words and desire to share them with the world so like she 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 suggested that book on fucking on like national television during the daytime and and it's 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 wonderful that it's out there i mean it it really is because you can forget stuff i mean and you shouldn't but you should but you shouldn't you know what i'm saying like uh well actually no you you just shouldn't forget stuff you should forgive things uh it's the hardest thing to do it's the hardest thing to do and you can't tell somebody to forgive other people uh you can suggest it you can suggest for people to forgive themselves you can't you can't make them do it or it, it cheapens the experience I, I tell i tell you that as a as a person that has experienced some things uh personally you know but like don't worry i didn't i didn't do anything horrific <laughs> most of most of uh what i hate myself for is fairly banal but um that is that is very much what the character of beloved represents is these the the things that you have lost and sort of overblown in your mind you know innocence and beauty and youth and promise and um how all those things the character of beloved is is a greedy a greedy selfish and self-absorbed monster of sorts and and by the end of the book she has literally they say and she's grown to overshadow the woman who is her mother so to say and i I think that works on a obviously the the direct level is a horrifying image but as a metaphorical construct it's it's fairly amazing um she let her guilt and her uh 
truly nostalgia for um in the 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 more most direct sense of the word there's 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 a i think there's a better german word for what i'm trying to think of but i can't it can't i can't quite bring it to mind but basically getting lost in the daydream of how much better life would have been if you know things would have gone right here or things would have gone wrong for other people and and you could have had this this fantasy this utopia basically um that's what that's what beloved comes to exist and eventually it's not i think most importantly to this story and this isn't something that you see very often in in american films in general and i really wish it was there is that she doesn't have the ability to shake it off on her own her community comes out all of the women in her community come out to shake this demon basically out of this woman's home both physically and metaphorically it's actually done a, a woman just strides up and and and, and clocks setha when she runs up to try to try to stab a guy um but that's all that's all kind of uh moot to the point although it's not but i'm sorry um I, I i get tangled it's a very tangly story by the way you you will if you haven't read it yet and you're trying to see whether or not you're going to get into it you have to get past the first like 20 30 pages and then like it'll all come it'll hit you like a fucking like a pile driver where you get the first impact and you're like what and then then the shot will land and you'll be like oh god damn it this is really good. This is really good. Um, but yeah, you know, sometimes it, and not even sometimes, most of the time it takes, you know, other people just working on you and working on you for a while to, to help you get back to where you need to be, to be in her case, to just, just to be a, a human being. That's her own person again, because that's another thing that. Uh, kind of, I don't know if people have really talked about too. I didn't, I didn't really read. I don't ever read other people's criticisms on books unless I'm forced to for college, and I haven't been in college for almost ten years now. Uh, God, that's actually true. It's like eight. No, when did I graduate? Six, six years ago. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, she, she, like I said earlier, she reverts to. Because she doesn't understand how to be her own person, she reverts to becoming a, a servant again and serving someone and waiting on them hand and foot thanklessly. And the the crazy part about it is uh, when it's described in context of of, of white on black enslavement, um, it it it's treated as matter of course in the description. But when it's uh, a woman, you know, debasing herself to serve the whims of this spoiled child who's a ghost only then is it like hey this is fucking wrong you're like you're mistreating yourself you're you're not you're not being like real to yourself you gotta fucking put that child in line kind of thing and i i think that's the seed that's supposed to spread out from there is it's you're supposed to understand in that that final lesson that all of that that lesson should 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 backdate itself to the entirety of the thing where it's there should never have been a point where she was just, you know, kowtowing to 
these people on this fucking plantation just because they fucking say that they own her and all of this stuff. And that, that wasn't right. And that's not how you need to live. And that's not how you should think of yourself ever. You shouldn't ever think of yourself as a fucking servant because no one is, you know what I'm saying? No one's meant to live like that. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's beloved. Um, 10 out of 10 highly recommended. And I, I think my final note for this is that, um, <laughs> The book was banned by five schools, I think, in America is what I've read. Um, most notably in Virginia, where I lived for a small amount of time. Uh, I think I was in Fairfax County, though, so I've been, been up north, like Washington, D.C., Virginia, and at Eastern fucking High School here in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and, you know, that would have been in, in, during my lifetime in the last 30 years. And uh, it was ostensibly for because of the depictions of and I haven't even gotten to everything that happens there's bestiality in this there's rape racism obviously uh the descriptions of uh antebellum treatment of of black americans um and uh before the slave trade and uh incest and all sorts of horrific shit dude uh, piled piled upon piled upon piles and um yeah and louisville was like oh this is just too much (laughs) only only when you must remember it is the weight too high (laughs) but when you carried it was the weight so low but that is that is beloved i highly i highly recommend it to the point where I would say that that is that is a must read for anybody anybody that's that's an American you should you should have to read that book at some point, just because people lose their context and that's it's unacceptable. I'm actually gonna I'm gonna digress one more time uh, before doing a commercial. <laughs> uh, if, if you haven't been watching the Watchmen series that's on HBO, I really like it. I think it's pretty good right now. Um, I was watching it, and at the beginning, uh, there is this scene that takes place in Tulsa, Oklahoma, back in the 1930s or 40s, and there's men driving in, Ku Klux Klan members, just driving into a street in broad daylight and, like, shooting black people down and beating people and dragging them behind cars in, like, semi, semi-modern semi America, you know, cars and telephones America. And breaking up storefronts, and a guy is even flying a fucking airplane over the street and dropping bombs down. And I said, well, that's fucking, that's a little overblown, isn't it? Wrong. That actually fucking happened. The Tulsa, Oklahoma riots of the, I think, 1946 or something actually fucking happened. Uh, And there was thousands of Klan members turned out to it, and they were literally dropping fucking explosives on people from personally owned uh small propeller aircraft and i've never even heard of that i've never even heard that blows my fucking mind (laughs) a fucking terrorist organization literally declared war on a city inside of america and successfully attacked it and then left (laughs) fucking mind-blowing so yeah, don't don't forget. Don't lose your context. That's that's the purpose of a Veterans Day, and I, I believe that's the purpose of books like this. Uh, Toni Morrison herself suggested that there is no war memorial for the sixty million. Uh, the sixty million dead is the uh, proposed number of of black men and women 
um, some uh, African-born, some uh, American-born who died during the entirety of the slave trade, many, many of whom, uh, an almost untold number on the ships uh, that, that took slaves from Africa to America. And they're, they're, like a lot of numbers suggest that roughly half of the, uh, of the stock, so to say, in the holds of the ships, would, those, half of those people would die in transit. Which is... Moving on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, as you guys know, I, uh, some of you guys know, I'm part of the Himalaya network now. And we, we do, we do advertisements for each other, for other, other podcasts that are on. And I'm going to tell you guys about some podcasts. Please chip her up, try to cheer yourself up, get a little, get a little pep in your heart. Don't worry. We're going to talk about a funny movie after this. Um, and I'm going to talk to you guys about a, another cool show. If you're a fan of the West Side Fairy Tales, then I think Crime Lines and Box of Oddities will be right up your alley. Crime Lines walks you through true crime events, pairing captivating tales with clear storytelling. Host Charlie Worrell, pronounced Warrell. Oh shit, I wasn't supposed to read that, but I did anyway. Uh, <laughs> host Charlie Warrell, I pronounced it wrong. Host Charlie Warrell gives the most in-depth analysis by bringing an appropriate historic and cultural ta- context to look beyond simply what happened to consider why download the himalaya app search crime lines and enter promo code charlie for your first month of premium content absolutely free again search for crime lines and enter promo code charlie that's c-h-a-r-l-i-e for 30 days of free premium content another show another great show Worth your time is the Box of Oddities, hosted by the dynamic duo Cat and Jethra Gilligan Toth. Twice a week, the couple surprises each other and their listeners with stories of the strange, bizarre, and the unexpected. Download the Himalaya app, search for Box of Oddities, and enter promo code BOX, that's B-O-X, for your first month of premium content absolutely free. So what are you waiting for? Go check out Crime Lines and Box of Oddities on the Himalaya app today. I sincerely enjoy both shows, and you will too. So, oh my lord, I am. Uh, I'm going to drink a little bit of water because I've been I've been yammering. This is going to be a long episode. Ugh. So I won't I won't take too long on Society, <laughs> but it's just a great film. So Society is a. Uh, 1989 film released in 1992 by uh, director Brian Usna, um, who is who's the guy behind uh, Reanimator. Um, I, I think he's actually the Reanimator himself too. Um, it stars Billy Warlock, who is a guy from Baywatch, <laughs> Devin DeVasquez, Evan Richardson, and Ben Meyerson. Um, and this is a this is a fucking crazy movie. Um, you should absolutely watch it. It's on Shutter. Uh, Shutter's not a sponsor, but you should fucking get Shutter anyway. I, I really want Shutter as a sponsor just so I can get it for free because it's fucking awesome. Uh, it's a horror movie streaming service, but uh, society is on there. The movie starts off strong. Uh, I didn't mean to blow the mic out there. The movie starts off strong, like very strong. It is so fucking great. Um, and it, it, it's, it's kind of campy, uh, and especially campy at the end when it kind of arguably shouldn't be cause 
I would, I would, I could do a remake movie, remake of this movie, and I would make it so much fucking worse. It could be, it literally could have been almost to like a fucking, uh, well, maybe not quite Jacob's Ladder, but definitely like a top 10 horror movie if it would have been played a little less tongue in cheek, but it wasn't. But that doesn't matter. It is ostensibly a body horror flick, uh, and it, 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 it's the body horror stuff is fucking great. Like just, just miss, miss angled legs and arms, uh, accidental extra limbs or fingers and eyes and odd places, uh, throughout the beginning of the film. It, uh, it concerns, uh, a young man named Bill who was taken in by a family of aristocratic Californians, I believe they are. And, uh, he, his sister, who's slightly younger than him, is about to have her, uh, they call it her coming out, uh, which is a real thing. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, a holdover from old Europe when um, young women between the ages of, I think it used to be between the ages of about 10 and 12, but now it's between the ages of like 14 and 16, which is slightly better, uh, kind of announce themselves to society um in that in that very that very particular british sense as in uh, not poor people but all the rich people that make decisions <laughs> for real uh and and rich rich titled people you know what i'm saying uh not this is much more american so you know while, while they have the uh it's a lot much it's much more monopoly man than lords and ladies uh but the the original coming outs were literally to uh basically stretch your girl around and let everyone you're, you're literally just trying to sell your daughter <laughs> that's it's a daughter auction is it, that's what coming out is it's, it's 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 very painted it's painted very nicely but it's like hey look she's pretty and she speak good now show them you can dance honey show them how, show them how you dance and uh Right around then is when things get weird so she had a uh, she had a boyfriend right for uh, before the coming out ceremony and uh, <laughs> he he thinks that she's been acting very weird, and he's been acting very weird by stalking her. Uh, and he bugs the he bugs the coming out ceremony. And you hear first we eat, then copulation, and <laughs> so like they have an orgy, like a gross fucking uh, gross rich people orgy. And and from there the mystery sort of begins. That guy goes missing shortly after. Uh, and Bill starts noticing odd things about not only his family, but some of the other wealthy families in their social circle, one of which has a girl he's uh, mildly attracted to and who is mildly attracted to him. Her her hips start going in the wrong direction while she's laying in bed one time. And he's like, hey, wait, wait, what, what? And he looks at her again and everything's fine. You come to find out that the, the rich are quite literally eating the poor, and not only are they doing that, but they are a uh, an alien race, uh, not 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 quite alien necessarily. Uh, the I, I believe at one point the dude's father, uh, or actually the head of the 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 societal societal circle, a, a judge like Harkness or whatever his name is, says that they've been there longer than people. Uh, that that the people are the aliens or something of that nature, but. You find out that they 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 eat through a, uh, a ceremonial orgy called the shunt. Uh, the only thing better than the smell of the hunt is the taste of the shunt. And from there, man, we go full body horror, and that's the uh, that's the last the ass end of the movie. 
Um, and it's just, it is just a fucking blast start to finish. I, I had so much fun. Even the ending of it, it's kind of, it's a little too corny for its own good. If they would have pulled back the wackiness, like a fucking touch, it would still have been hilarious. Um, but the effects are done by a guy named Screaming Mad George, who is, I, I believe, a Japanese dude. Um, who did a lot of other stuff too, but his his effects, his creature effects and stuff are just fucking top notch. And the the end of the the movie ends with a lot of people just connected with uh with like they there's like like a seven or eight different colored wads of taffy all kind of pushed together. Um there's some fisting, some death by fisting. Uh there's actually two deaths by fisting now that I recall. <laughs> and the this show is just, it's just amazing. I don't even know, I don't even know really what to add on top of that, but it is fucking incredible. Um, not really much of an inspirational movie other than I want to remake it myself uh, and make it way darker. If you if you want to watch anything from the movie, literally just watch the intro. Uh, the, the intro for Society is fucking foul. Um and wonderful it, it's great it's a very very uh jacob's laddery type scene it's static i think it's a single long shot uh that doesn't move very much it's just uh, um, <laughs> you don't know really what you're looking at most of the time and i i, I really cannot i can't recommend it enough <laughs> just check it out and then come back and tell me what you think about it really because that's that's what i'm most interested in Oh, wow. Man, I, I've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. I really wish I could go more on about society, but there, there really isn't too much to say about it. Um, unfortunately, unlike, uh, unlike the seminal movie or novel about um, slavery and overcoming the sort of mental difficulties of readjusting to society after an extraordinary trauma that is Toni Morrison's beloved, uh, society is just not quite as interesting to talk about. <laughs> Um, and you know, sorry, uh, if I got, um, a little emotional during certain parts of that, it's, I think it's, it would be more odd if people can just kind of blithely talk about those sort of things without, I don't know, feeling enough that it, it kind of knocks you off of your step. But I, I just want people to, I'm not trying to impress anyone. I'm not, I'm not like a, a woke type person. Um, I don't want to tell you what to think. That's just what I think. And uh, I, I feel very strongly in those regards. But all that aside, if you if you enjoyed this episode of the Horror and Lit Club, come talk about it with everyone else in the Horror and Lit Club on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash Westside Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club. You can just search it and you can get there. People are talking about different stuff all the time. Movies, video games, books, anything horror related or even mildly horror related or anything literature related at all. It doesn't matter what kind of books you want to talk about. If you want to talk books, come and talk about them with us. You can talk about the podcast too at large. You can make fun of me. If you think my recommendations are stupid, if you think I didn't make a point, if you want to make your own point about what I was talking about, just uh, hop on in and, uh, and, and talk to us. If you want to follow me on Twitter, um, or Instagram, I'm at WS Fairy Tales on Twitter, on Instagram, Westside Fairy Tales, Westside Fairy Tales on, fa- on Facebook too. You can always shoot me a line whenever you want at Westside Fairy Tales at gmail.com. Uh, 
gmail.com. If you love the podcast, if you want to support us, please go to uh, westsidefairytales.com slash merch. Buy a shirt, buy a sticker, buy a poster, buy a mug. Uh, we got all kinds of branded stuff there. And if you just want to give me money straight up and join our Patreon for just a dollar, you get early access to episodes like this and regular episodes on the main feed. For five bucks, you get a whole lot more. Five bucks, you get a ton of shit. Uh, we've got, I think we get, yeah, you get the PDF of the monthly story for that now. Uh, you get early access to everything. Like on the lower tiers, you also get access to the behind the story video or audio I, I say video every time there is no video anymore there's there's videos twice and then i was just like i, I don't want to do a video anymore because <laughs> uh, it's easier to put it out on the rss feed and you don't get videos on the rss uh that you can get on patreon if you go on patreon you get um your own personalized rss feed from the uh from the patreon site that will give you access to all this stuff on your regular podcatcher so you can just not even have to worry about it. You just plug it in. You'll start hearing all this stuff a little bit earlier. If you get up to 10 bucks, you get to hear raw versions of the show up to two weeks early. And uh, at $20 and more, you get like super big merch packs. You get a signed poster from me, 50 bucks. Um, I'll print up any story that you like that I've written. I'll sign it and I'll send it out to you. Um, and uh, that, that's pretty much it. So until next time, as always... Stay safe out there. West Side Fairy Tales is written, read, scored, and produced by Tyler Bell. Artwork by Yui Breedlove. The West Side Fairy Tales Horror and Lit Club logo, trademark 2019, as is all content herein. Copyright Tyler Bell. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Something's not quite right in the quiet mountain town of Targrady, West Virginia. Months after a local teen was lynched in the dead of a hot summer night, two men stand charged with murder in what the majority opinion considers to be an open and shut case. But Adelaide Stevenson, a young crime reporter from Charleston, is finding out the smallest cracks in the official narrative run far far deeper than she could have ever expected. Join Adelaide and West by God as she navigates small-town secrets, the dubious ethics of her own profession, and the dark whispers of an ancient creature, known to some as the Witcham Woman, who prowls the shadowed hollers that lie between night and nightmare. Sent on overnight assignment to cover the start of the trial, Adelaide quickly realizes the story she's been told, and been telling, doesn't make sense. Cryptic assertions of a concrete alibi are emailed to her by the family of the accused. Nobody in town seems comfortable discussing the basic facts of the case, and the murder she's been writing about wasn't the only tragic death this summer. Adelaide extends her stay against the wishes of her editor, and her investigations take a complicated and dangerous turn as she discovers the true depths of the mysteries surrounding Targrady. 
The only real evidence from the night of the murder may lie in the hands of a notorious local crime family led by an enigmatic woman known as the Fetid Queen. Local authorities seem to grow more hostile by the hour, and even Adelaide's own career might not survive this assignment. Featuring an eclectic cast of characters ranging from violent and horrifying to outlandish and fabulous, West by God is a must-read novel for anybody who enjoys Twin Peaks, Stephen King, and all the creepy places you find just off the path in the woods. It is the debut novel of Tyler Bell, a USMC infantry combat veteran, former crime and courts reporter for the Charleston Daily Mail, and creator of the award-winning West Side Fairy Tales horror and dark fiction podcast, due for release by Henlow Press in October of 2023. Learn more at westsidefairytales.com slash westbygod.